With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Challenging. Thought-provoking. Insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with the collision of faith in politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker... Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with today's edition of The Collision of Faith and Politics. So, buckle up. Here is your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's show. Welcome to the Faith. This is the Collision of Faith and Politics. Now, this will be a commercial-free hour, so uh, you're going to have to buckle up, like uh, Mr. Barker said. J.D. Barker, man, am I lucky to have him as the voice of the Collision of Faith and Politics, God and Country. Uh, he's an awesome guy. If you listen on the radio anywhere, anywhere across the country, you're going to hear his voice. Now, he may not sound exactly like that. Uh, he is really amazing. I'm really, really fortunate to have him. So if you ever need any voiceover work, uh, some high-end uh, narrator, uh, narrator. Uh, I don't know if he actually does books or not, if he if he does audio books or not, but, man, he'd be awesome. And uh, I'm just privileged to have him here. So we're, we're glad to have you, Mr. Barker. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Collision of Faith and Politics. This is the fastest hour in radio. By the way, the chat room is open. I see we have some people joining us there already. I'm not absolutely positive how to use it, but it is open, and the phone lines are open too, although I'm not absolutely positive I will get the calls. Uh, but you're welcome to give it a try. We'll see what we can do. Welcome to the warfighters and sheepdogs, all of you. Uniformed and clandestine service standing on the line for us. Hello to the United States Marine Corps from Tidewater area. And also hello to the Army Rangers and Ranger instructors listening in today. Hello, also to the United States Navy SEALs listening in as you work out. Thank you for all those messages, none of which I could read on the, the air yesterday or uh, last Monday, but I really appreciate it. It was fun to read, and you were daring me to put them on the air, and I did not, as you see. So uh, while I'm at the microphone, I'm not going to let this country forget about you. I won't forget about you either. Welcome also to my listeners who are Gold Star families. You are absolutely in the fraternity that nobody wants to join. Americans, there's people in your own town, people on your block, maybe in your building. They've lost children. They've lost spouses, parents. And all these wars we're fighting right now, they're, they're out there. There's people dying all the time. We lost a, a soldier the other day from, from um, who's in Libya. That's real, folks. That's real. Pray for them. 
look for opportunities to serve them and, and serve with them. Why don't you know who your Gold Star families are in your town? That, there's not really any excuse for that. They're in your town. You know that That's the promise we made. That's the job that we swore to. We said, hey, we're going to field an army. We're going to send you off to war. We're going to give you the tools you need, the training you need, all of that. But we're we're going to take care of you if you're injured. God forbid if you're killed. We're going to respect your memory. We're going to honor your memory. We're going to take care of your family. But we're not doing that. We didn't keep that promise. You know, there's real heroes. And then there's fake heroes. Fake heroes like NBC's Brian Williams, you know, as my buddy Dave Perkins says, he's of the Blaze Radio. He uh, he has a great post on Facebook. He's one of my friends on Facebook. You have to check that out. It's uh, facebook.com backslash. Uh, well, I have my page, and then I have uh, the God and Country page. Sean is doing a great job there uh, managing that. Other Sean, military, active duty military fireman. Great, great dude. Great guy. Does great work. But, you know, these fake heroes, the Brian, he's not the only one, but Brian Williams, for whatever reason, people are really comfortable in the liberal culture. They feel very, very comfortable exploiting the bravery of the United States military. Why do they do it? They do it to make themselves look more courageous. And you know what? i got to tell you, it makes me sick. I hate it. I do. I hate it. I know a lot of Soldiers who are now at Arlington. I've been to visit them many times. I know a lot of moms and dads, brothers and sisters, whose brothers and sisters are in Arlington. They did heroic things. Moms and dads raised heroes. And those heroes gave their very lives. Which leads me to say a special shout-out to the Gold Star families all across the United States and the volunteers, especially at the Michael Strange Foundation, America's Mighty Warriors. By the way, those of you um, who are interested in the Mark Allen Lee commemorative bench-made knife set with the shirt and the sticker and the knife, yeah, they're gone. They're gone, I'm sorry to say. Well, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm sad you didn't get them. And uh, also Operation 300, and we really appreciate what you do. Thank you to Charlie, Charlie and Mary Ann Strange and the Hill Groups and Sean and Angie for all of what you do for the Michael Strange Foundation. Um, I want to uh, I want to say the the work you guys do is just it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. I'm proud of what you do and and how you you just get out there and you, and you get after it. You don't let anything get in your way. You don't let being tired. You don't let um, struggles of the day. You don't let you know, long schedules. You don't let any of that get in your way. You don't let your sorrow get in the way. You just do it. Debbie Lee, my dear friend, sister, the stuff that you're doing, America's Mighty Warriors, incredible. Yeoman's work. Mark Allen would be so proud of you. Charlie and Marianne, Michael would be so proud of you. Karen and Billy, Aaron would be so proud of you. Be up in heaven. High five in Yeshua. You see them? Those are my parents. That's why I was able to do what I do. Because of my parents. Aren't they something? 
Feathers of Benefit, a fundraiser. Uh, it's Beef and Beer, uh, April 11th, 8 p.m. to midnight at St. Dominic's Famous Church in Philadelphia. St. Dominic's Church, 8510 Frankfurt Avenue in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If you live in Philadelphia, New Jersey, uh, Maryland, uh, really anywhere in, in Philly, but uh, Maryland and, and Delaware, New Jersey, you, you know, this church is quick drive for you. I encourage you to come. We'd love love to see you there. I'm going to be there. Uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you what. I uh, I know there's a comedian that's going to be there. This is all to raise raise money for the Michael Strange Foundation. There's a comedian going to be there by the name of Joe Conklin. He's called the Man with a Thousand Voices. He's a, he's absolutely amazing. It's going to be a Chinese auction. A little bit afraid of what that is. I'm not sure what that is. Fifty fifty. And there's going to be T-shirts for sale, a lot of cool stuff. I have some Michael Strange Foundation, Michael Strange Foundation T-shirts. And there's also going to be uh, a uh, Flyers jersey, and it's all signed by the Flyers. And I understand there's going to be some Navy SEALs, some Dev Group guys coming up. Uh, it's 30 bucks a person. And you say, well, what is this for? Look, it's the Michael Strange Foundation. It helps Gold Star family members heal. Two hundred and eighty nine fallen soldiers in Pennsylvania alone, seventy four hundred nationwide. Those have been killed in the Iraq and Afghanistan war and there's families. All wondering what happened to this country that said they'd have our back. Well, private foundations have to do it. Oddly enough, people like Karen and Billy Vaughn and Debbie Lee and Charlie and Marianne Strange, they've lost their sons. And they thought that somebody would be there to help. The children and the the, uh, the parents and sisters, but they aren't. And they weren't. How do you get tickets? You just call uh, Charlie Strange, Michael's dad. Great guy. I love that dude. Two one five nine eight three four four seven zero. Listen, if you if you don't if you can't write all the down, please don't try to write it down when you're driving. Just all you have to remember is Facebook.com backslash. God and Country Radio. That's all you have to remember. Just go to the Facebook page, and, and also there's a, a link. You can click on that. If you like uh, the God and Country page on Facebook, you like that, then go over to the little button Sean put on there. Uh, you just click on that, and that'll take you right to Toganet, or not Toganet, Blog Talk Radio, and you sign up there. It's just follow. It's basically a follow thing. You take your information. They don't do anything with it. They don't sell it. They're not going to be spamming you. So anyway, uh, you go there, these numbers will be there, so don't panic. Uh, Charlie, Mary, and Strange, Charlie's number is 215-983-4470, or Mary, uh, 215-779-5495. Tickets for the March 14th Flyers game. The, the Philadelphia Flyers have uh, dedicated a game to Michael um, Strange and hometown hero Michael Strange. And, and in Philly, I think it's going to be at 1.30 on the 14th of March, and they play the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, I don't watch a lot of hockey, but I think I might go check this out. So how you get tickets for that is you call Nick Marchiello at the Flyer Sales Office. His number is 215-218-7528-7528. And mention that you are attending to honor Michael Strange. You want to let them know. You want to let them know how many people are uh, are coming to that because of that reason. That would be, that'd be really cool if we... Pack that joint out. Real quick, by the way, you've all heard of all the crazy stuff going on in the public schools with the teachers. 
telling students, you know, they tell the students all the time, um, you can't carry your Bible. You can't touch your Bible. You can't open your Bible in school. Uh, you can't wear that T-shirt. That's got a cross on it. It's got an emblem of, of uh, Jesus on it. can't wear that. Oh, well, you can't, uh, you, you can't, uh, you can't wear that, that cross necklace. Can't wear that. No, can't wear that. No. Nope, separation church and state. You, you've all heard these stories. You, you all know that they're true stories. Some of you may have experienced it firsthand. Uh, you know, how about the, uh, the end zone, the end zone, the kneeling? After a touchdown, you kneel down and pray. You're not forcing everybody else in the stadium to pray. You just kneel down and pray and briefly yourself. Or, or when they run into the end zone, they look up the sky and point, honoring God. How about here's one? How about the valedictorian speeches? You, you've all heard of that. You know the valedictorians. They give the speech. You know now they have to submit their speech. The, uh, I think it's. Um, but to print it out, actually, and I think they, they hand it to the and, – and I'll tell you, in my first hour, I forgot to say this, but, but they keep a, 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 a on switch, on-off switch to the microphone. And they tell them, look, we'll, we'll cut your mic off. We'll just cut your mic right off. And you know what? We'll hold your, your diploma. You speak of Jesus. You speak of this. You do anything other than exactly what's written here, you're out of here. And you won't get your diploma. It's illegal for them to do. It's illegal for them to do. But they do it. You just had a case uh, where, I think it was last year or the year before, where a, a young man, he he did give the speech. He told them, look, I'm, I'm not going to say what's laid on my heart to say. And he very briefly testified to his faith and, and the faith that his parents uh, instilled in him. And he thanked God for helping him get through and to do well. And he asked for his protection for himself and all the others heading on to what the world has laying in wait for them. He called his mic off. They withheld his diploma. And they told him, you're not getting your diploma. We told you, you didn't do what we said. Well, they know how it works with college uh, report dates and and uh, all the requirements for colleges, and he missed out on going to college. Well, Liberty University heard of that, and Matt Staver from Liberty University said, hey, we're going to help this brother out. This brave young man gave him a full-ride scholarship, full-ride to Liberty University for as long as he wanted to go. You want a doctorate, you go for free. Love it. Well, you wonder, what are our rights? What are our rights? What what can we do? What can't we do? Is it true we can't carry our Bible? Is it true we can't pray? Can we really not pray? These public school teachers are telling. It's most often school teachers. Let me just say that. It's most often the teachers. It's not the administrators. A lot of times when the teachers get their hand uh, caught in the cookie jar, they get caught doing wrong, they blame it on the administration. But the reality of it is, that's not the case at all. Nope, show not. If show not, that ain't the case. 
they think they can say and do anything they want, and there's going to be no no uh, no blowback, no retribution. They just do what they want. And they claim we're upholding the Constitution, separation of church and state, even though that's not in there. Not in there. Did you know that? Did you know that it's not in there? Separation of church and state is nowhere in the Constitution. And yet it's claimed in liberal, and, and let me say this, not just in liberal America, it's also in conservative America. There's people that are conservatives that actually believe. They actually believe that separation of church and state is in the Constitution. Anyway, here's a great resource. I have to hat tip to Nicole Tice and her great team at the Delaware Family Policy Council for telling me about this, hooking me up with this great resource. It's it's uh, AllianceDefendingFreedom.org. You backslash issues, you backslash public-education, backslash K-through-T-H-R-U, backslash 12. You don't have to worry about that. Go to the, go to the Facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Go to my radio show page. Go there, and it's all there. You just click on that puppy, you'll be good to go. Good to go. Good to go. I talk, you know, I talk about this in uh, public education and all of that. I talk about that in Excellence Kill the Church. I, I wrote this book. It's uh, as Mr. Barker said at the open. It's it's it is a critically acclaimed book. It's very controversial. I don't see why it's controversial, quite frankly. Having written and read the book, I don't see why it is. It just tells the truth. Highly documented. Highly footnoted. I think there's just about as many footnotes as there are actual pages of the book. Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. You go to the Facebook page and get it there. Or go to drshawngreener.com. Uh, you can click on, there's a little link there. I think it's in the upper right. Take it right there where to buy it. The other thing, too, is is I just bought theninjapastor.com. We're going we're gonna to have that, too. That will be a lot easier for you to remember. Uh, but I've got to figure out, uh, i got to tell. Anyway, the web lady says I've got to log in something and clickety-clickety and some kind of stuff I don't even know. You know I don't know how to do that stuff. Only but by the grace of God am, is my voice being transmitted right now. Just pure luck. Pure luck. Gift of God. You've all heard by now uh, about Hussein Obama and the National Prayer Breakfast. It's all over the news. It is literally all over the news. Well, I don't know if it's all over the news news. It's not over all over Brian Williams news. But it's all over social media. It's all over the new news. The new journalism all over the Internet. Boy, would he like to reduce the Internet's impact. About a few minutes, I'm going to read verbatim Obama's actual speech. I'm going to separate the, the fake from the real. I mean, there's some stuff that's being put out there that he said that he didn't say, but there's an awful lot in there that he does say that, oh, my lands. Come on now. You've got to have a problem with what he said. But first, let me ask you, America, does Hussein Obama not have a problem with those who slander Yeshua Mashiach? Remember he says that he doesn't, one of the, one of the quotes is that he, you know, don't, he has a problem with those who slander the prophet Muhammad. But does he have a problem with people who slander Jesus? 
or God or no problem with that? That seems to be okay. According to him, it seems to be all right. Does Hussein Obama have any problem with those who slander the prophets from the Hebrew Bible? He also said uh, previously, Islam has a proud tradition of tolerance. I have to ask, is evidence by what, Hussein? How exactly have Muslims demonstrated tolerance or restraint? Remember I said last week it's tantamount to the Nazis saying they were proudly tolerant. They were just misunderstood. He also said, it's part of a larger quote from his book of Audacity of, uh, it's called Audacity of Hope, Full of Lies. What did he say? He was, he came, he invented a new term where he got caught lying in this, in this, and all of his books, he's got lies in there, but he, he got caught lying, but he called it something else. He was saying, well, I was really representing a character, not really my grandfather. It's a character. But in the book, he said, I stand with the Muslims should the political winds shift in an ugly direction. Like I say, that was a part of a larger, a larger quote uh, from Audacity of Hope. But he was talking about the Japanese internment. One of the things he was talking about, Japanese internment in the United States during World War II. But he was also sympathizing with and protecting Muslims in the United States now. And immediately after, all Muslims, all 19 were Muslims, folks. And they were funded by a, a massive, I believe it was the Saudis, specifically the Saudi royal family. I mean, you, you know what we call it what it is. I believe 9-11 was financed that way. Killed 3,000 Americans. Tell me, Hussein Obama, tell me who, tell who is, boiling, uh, who is bullying innocent Muslims in America? How about none? This, this, the winds, the political winds shifting in an ugly direction. Tell me, what direction is that, Hussein Obama? What direction is that? Is it opposite the tenets of civilized people, the American people, French people, Brits, the Belgian, the Spanish, the German? Do any of these people matter a lick to you? Uh, Angela Merkel was there today, head of Germany. She was there today in the White House. They, these people matter a lick to you? Tell me, Hussein Obama, who... Whose people are you? To whose allegiance do you ascribe? Can I ask you, does Hussein Obama stand with the Jews when the political winds shift in an ugly direction for Israel? No. In fact, he's he's trying to unseat uh, his archenemy Benjamin Netanyahu. Help me see here who we're protecting and who needs protecting. You know, Eric Bowling of the Five, he said the other day, um, radical, the reports say radical Muslim jihadists killed thousands of people in the past few months alone. Bowling said, and yet when you take Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, whatever, their combined killings in the name of religion, well, that number rounded up would be Zero. Zero. Which leads me to the president's next quote. He's been quoted as saying, and this is a fact, Islam is not part of the problem in combating violent extremism. It is an important part of promoting peace. How is that, Hussein Obama? How is Islam not part of the problem in extreme violence? 
They're the ones cutting heads off. They're the ones setting fire to people. They're the ones strapping bombs to little babies, little toddlers. How does the one faction of Islam cutting the heads off of live people, shooting up workplaces, cutting people's heads off? At, this happened in the United States, in the Midwest, broad daylight, because they wouldn't convert to Islam. Or they slander the prophet you so revere, yet you say that doesn't represent the actual problem. Let me say this, America. We, we are ridiculously and, and severely errantly tolerant to our own detriment. It, it's, it's to our own detriment. In my view, we're just placing our necks on the blade. This misplaced and inappropriate political correctness. That's a tool of the left, folks. That's not a tool of truth. Real quick on, on Benghazi. He said, this is the result of a disgusting video. It's a big fat lie from a liar. Anybody know where the guy is that made that video? Where are the more than 30 victims of the Benghazi attack? Why haven't any of the reporters kicked down the, the doors to interview them? Anybody know the answer to that? Let me let me also ask you, and I think this is important. You know, you get told that that Benghazi was due to a video. Yet every every bit of evidence. Let me let me also say I'll answer that question for you, so you don't struggle with it. the The question about where are the reporters? Let me tell you where they are. Be interesting for you to do a little homework. I did this homework, and for you to to Google who or Bing or whatever it is you want to do, who are the spouses, and then just name off a bunch of people from from Barack's cabinet and his, you know, all the all the cronies around him. You start seeing their executive producers from executive vice presidents from all ABC, CBS, CNN. Life, Newsweek. That's why. That's why you don't see any reporters kicking doors down to interview these people because they don't want the truth. They have no interest in the truth. So these are remarks by the president of National Prayer Breakfast. Now that's not international prayer breakfast. That's national. And I have to remind you of that because when you hear this speech, <laughs> you're going to think, "Where is he at the UN?" Oh, wait, the U.N. is in the United States. That's right, we pay for that thing. Some prime real estate over there in New York City. We should get rid of it. But remember, now he's giving this speech, and, and the video, right on the heels of this video coming out, the 26-year-old Jordanian uh, Muslim pilot, by the way, that had just been released showing ISIS, now that's Islamic State, Dousing this living human being with extremely flammable accelerant and then setting him on fire to burn alive until he died in a heap of ashes. His own ashes. Remember also that the President of the United States, after a reporter was beheaded on video by ISIS, the Islamic State, within eight minutes of making this fake, this kind of crappy, I'm so sad, 
we're going to go get them. Speech, he's back on the golf course yucking it up with all of his buddies, big superstar buddies. I can't imagine Ronald Reagan doing that. Look, I'm no apologist for President Bush, number 43. But you know what? He stopped. I have to give it to him. He stopped playing golf after 9-11 out of respect for the soldiers in harm's way. And the families on American soil praying their soldiers would return safely. What did Hussein Obama do? He only doubled down. He only played more golf. He only vacationed more. He only spent more of your money, but I digress. Washington Hilton, Washington, D.C., 9.13 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Here's the president's speech. I'll do the best I can to get through it, but I might interrupt myself and the president. Sorry, I don't mean to be rude. Thank you. Good morning. No, I'm sorry. I misread that. I want to read it verbatim. Thank you. Well, good morning. Giving all praise and honor to God. It's wonderful to be back with you here. I want to thank our co-chairs, Bob and Roger. These two don't always agree in the Senate, but in coming together and uniting us all in prayer, they embody the spirit of our gathering today. I also want to thank everybody who helped organize this breakfast. It is wonderful to see so many friends and faith leaders and dignitaries. And Michelle and I are truly honored to be joining you here today. Mm -hmm. I want to offer a special welcome to a good friend, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, who is a powerful example of what it means to practice compassion, who inspires us to speak up for freedom and dignity of all human beings. Applause, applause, applause. I've been pleased to welcome him to the White House on many occasions, and we're grateful that he's able to join us here today. Applause, applause, applause. There aren't that many occasions that bring His Holiness under the same roof as NASCAR. Laughter, laughter, laughter. This may be the first laughter, laughter, laughter. But God works in mysterious ways. Laughter, laughter, laughter. And so I, just to give you some background, Daryl Waltrip of NASCAR, a driver and now he's a team owner and commentator, he had just given an excellent speech. You can go to, I don't know if we have that up on our, on our Facebook page or not, but that's an excellent speech. He did a great job. And so I want to thank Daryl for that wonderful presentation. Daryl knows that when you're going 200 miles per hour, a little prayer cannot hurt. Ha, 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 ha. I suspect that more than once Daryl has had the same thought as many of us have had in our own lives. Jesus, take the wheel. Ha, 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 Although I hope you kept your hands on the wheel when you were thinking that. Wink, wink. Laughter, laughter, laughter. I love this one. He and I, he and I obviously share something in that we have married up. And we're so grateful to Stevie for the incredible work that they've done together to build a ministry where the fastest drivers can slow down a little bit, spend some time in prayer and reflection and thanks, and we certainly want to wish Daryl a happy birthday. Applause. Happy birthday. And you know, he's just making fun of NASCAR. He's making fun. Any of us who are fans of NASCAR, he's making fun of you because you're just dumb white people. So stupid. You just dumb white people. You don't even know I'm poking fun at you. You're so dumb. And he's making fun of Daryl Waltrip. You know what? Daryl Waltrip's not stupid. He knows you're making fun of him. I will note, though, Daryl, when you were reading that list of things folks were saying about you, I was thinking, well, you're a piker. I mean that. 
I mean, if you really want a list, come talk to me. Laughter, laughter, laughter. Because that ain't nothing. Laughter, laughter, laughter. That's the best they can do in NASCAR. Laughter, laughter, laughter. Making fun of you, folks. Because he thinks you're a bunch of, of white racists. White racist bigots. That's what he thinks you are. Thinks you're stupid. You say, "Well, I'm not a I'm not a NASCAR fan, so you know what? I don't really care. It doesn't really affect me. I'm not offended." Really? You know, NASCAR pays people's mortgages. NASCAR pays people's college tuition. It's a job. There's lots of people that make money off the marketing and off the fuel and off the the track maintenance and off the parking and off the hotels and all of that. Just regular people. Middle class America. You're making fun of you. He goes on to say, slowing down and pausing for fellowship and prayer. That's what this breakfast is about. I think it's fair to say Washington moves a lot slower than NASCAR. Certainly my agenda does sometimes. <laughs> but still, it's easier to get caught up with the rush of our lives and in the political back and forth that can take over the city. We get sidetracked with distractions, large and small. We can't go 10 minutes without checking our smartphones. And for my staff, that's every 10 seconds. And so for 63 years, this prayer tradition has brought us together, giving us the opportunity to come together in humility, there's, make note, humility before the Almighty, and to be reminded of what it is that we share as children of God. Certainly for me, this is always a chance to reflect on my own faith journey. Many times as president, I've been reminded of a line of prayer that Eleanor Roosevelt was fond of. She said, keep us at tasks too hard for us that we may be driven to thee for strength. Keep us at tasks too hard for us that we may be driven to thee for strength. I've wondered at times, maybe God was answering that prayer a little too literally because, you know, he's been very hard on Barack. He's had a very difficult life. But no matter the challenge, he has been there for all of us. He's certainly strengthened me with the power through his spirit as I've sought his guidance, not just in my own life, but in the life of our nation. Now, over the past few months, I'm sorry, now over the last few months, we've seen a number of challenges, certainly over the last six years. But part, God, this guy makes me sick. But part of what I want to touch on today is the degree to which we've seen professions of faith used both as an instrument of great good, but also twisted and misused in the name of evil. Oh, here it comes. As we speak around the world, we see faith inspiring people to lift up one another, to feed the hungry, care for the poor, and comfort the afflicted, and make peace where there is strife. We've heard the good work that sister has done in Philadelphia and the incredible work that Dr. Brantley and his colleagues have done. Hey, anybody hear about Ebola lately? We see faith driving us to do right. But we also see faith being twisted and dist Ooh, here we go. Here we go. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. The other shoe is about to drop in this speech. Remember, this is the national prayer breakfast, not the international prayer breakfast. Started by Christians. Just saying. But we also see faith being twisted and distorted, used as a wedge, or worse, sometimes used as a weapon. From a school in Pakistan 
to the streets of Paris. We have seen violence and terror perpetrated by those who profess to stand up for faith, their faith, profess to stand up for Islam, but in fact are betraying it. We see ISIL. Now, when someone says ISIL, they are either stupid or they are eliminating Israel from existence in what they say because the Levant, which is what the L stands for, does not acknowledge the existence of Israel. We see ISIL, a brutal, vicious death cult that in the name of religion carries out unspeakable acts of barbarism. Where could that come? Maybe from the Barbary pirates who were Muslim back in Jefferson's day. That's why we have a navy. Terrorizing religious minorities like the Yazidis. By the way, the Yazidis are Christians. Subjecting women to rape as a weapon of war. Oh, let's see. That's in your Quran, your beautiful, wonderful, peaceful Quran. Islam, back to the speech, and claiming the mantle of religious authority for such actions. I only see one right now, and that's Islam. We see sectarian war in Syria, the murder of Muslims and Christians in Nigeria, religious war in the Central African Republic, and a rising tide of anti-Semitism and hate crimes in Europe, so often perpetrated in the name of religion. Let me say, the name of religion that's committing all these crimes it's Islam. Just saying, that religion that he speaks of here, it's Islam. You know, that's the very one in which he was raised and for which he is named. Hussein Obama. So how do we, as people of faith, reconcile these realities? The profound good, the strength, the tenacity, the compassion, and love that can flow from all of our faiths operating alongside those who seek to hijack religious for their own murderous ends. Humanity has been grappling with these questions throughout human history. And lest we get on our high horse and think this is unique to some other place, remember that during the crusade, oh, here it is. Let's go back, eh, what, a thousand years? 700 years? Let's go, let's go farther if you want. The Crusades and the Inquisition. People committed terrible deeds in the name of Christ. Really? I'm quite sure you don't know all you need to know about the Crusades and the Inquisition there, Mr. Hussein Obama. In our home country, oh, here we go. Slavery and Jim Crow all too often was justified in the name of Christ. Hmm. Oh. And let's see, who overturned slavery? Who got rid of slavery? Oh, I know. It's the Christians. Who wanted slavery? Oh, the Democrats. Okay. All right. As long as we're clear on that. Michelle and I returned from India, an incredible, beautiful country, full of magnificent diversity, a place where, in past years, religious faith, oh, this is nice how he highlights this, of all types have, on occasion, been targeted by other peoples of faith. Hmm, wonder who that could be. Simply due to their heritage and their beliefs, acts of intolerance that would have shocked Gandhi, the person who helped to liberate that nation. So this is not unique to one group or one religion. This what? This what? This this not being nice people? The Christians? Judgmental bigots, racists, 
There's a tendency in us, a sinful tendency, that can pervert and distort our faith. In today's world, when hate groups have their own Twitter accounts and bigotry can fester in hidden places in cyberspace, it can be even harder to counteract such intolerance. Really? But God compels us to try. Well, let me just ask you, is that so you want you want control of the Internet now then? Is that what you're telling me? Because people say mean things, Christians? We've got to protect the world from Christians? From Jews, we've got to protect the world from them because they're so mean, such bigots, such so full of hate. But God compels us to try, he says. And in this mission, I believe there are a few principles that can guide us, particularly those of us who profess to believe. I don't believe this guy professes. I don't believe he believes at all. A lot of people tell me, and, and I just I want to say this. You look, if you listen to the show, either live or on the podcast, I don't want you to feel as though you have to agree with everything with me. Because you know what? It's okay if you don't. I, no, really, for real. For real. You don't have to. I'm cool with that. I don't say anything or write anything in my speeches or my messages or my radio show or anywhere, anything I write, that I haven't researched and that I fully believe. I have been wrong. He says... This this kills me, guys. You you, you got you got to go download this. If you think that I'm kidding about this, just go download it. At first, and first we should start with some basic humility. Remember, he's talking about these basic principles, these few principles that can guide us for us believers. You know, all of us, because he's such a Christian. We should start with some basic humility. Now, I don't think this dude knows what humility means, but okay. I believe that the starting point of faith is some doubt. Not being so full of yourself and so confident that you are right and that God speaks only to us and doesn't speak to others, that God only cares about us and doesn't care about others, that somehow we alone are in possession of the truth. Folks, can I just, let me, oh, now I'm mad. I I hear this guy talk and I get mad. I see this guy talk and I get mad. He's just a, a flaming liar. A flaming liar. And yet he says things that are just absolute lies. Humility? And that and that we sh- we shouldn't be so full of ourselves. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be so full of faith. We shouldn't be so confident that we're right and that God speaks only to us and doesn't speak to others. Let me let me ask you something. His his precious Islam that he's defending so vigorously, what do they believe? They believe in their Quran that any unbeliever, the infidel, is to have a blade at his neck. They believe it's so much they're willing to die for it. They believe everything about it. They believe they're absolutely right and that anybody else is wrong, that anybody slanders the prophet Muhammad, that they're to die. They believe in their book because their book tells them they can rape as part of war. Sure, no problem. Where's now? National Organization of Women. Where's the ACLU? Where are the anti-gay or the uh, gay glad and all these other gay? Uh, I hate that word, gay. It's just ridiculous. They say, well, it's a pejorative when you call us homosexual. Well, you are homosexual. 
I mean, what do you want me to call you, gay? How am I going to call you gay? It doesn't even mean, it doesn't mean anything. I'm not anti-gay. I'm, I'm nice to everybody, pretty much. But I'm sick of hearing this gay. I, I hate this, I hate this word as applied to these, because it used to be, you know, oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm happy and gay. Really? Mm, I'm with you on that first part, but the second part, meh. When did you switch teams, you know? Come on, can't even say words that, that they don't even mean that. They're applied. It's co-opting of our vernacular, co-opting of our language. And I'm sick of it. This, this, Our job is not to ask God, ask that God respond to our notion of truth, our notion of truth. Our job is to be true to him, his word, and his commandments. And we should assume humbly that we're confused and don't always know what we're doing and we're staggering and stumbling toward him and have some humility, there's that word again, in that process. And that means we have to speak up against those who would misuse his name to justify oppression or violence or hatred and the fear certainty. No God condones terror. Really? Because Allah and God are not the same. We don't serve the same God. Don't, don't get it twisted, folks. No God condones terror. Well, Allah is their God, Islam's God, and he does condone terror. Well, he did because he's dead. No grievance justifies the taking of innocent lives or the oppression of those who are weaker or fewer in number. And so, as people of faith, we are summoned to push back against those who try to distort our religion, any religion, for their own nihilistic needs. And here at home and around the world, we will constantly reaffirm that fundamental freedom, freedom of religion, the right to practice our faith how we choose. Listen, I'm just going to say... I'm just going to say, I'm not going to allow you, I'm not going to allow you to put a blade to my neck because your religion says, well, I'm the infidel, you can cut my, you can cut my head off. Thank you to the people in chat, and uh, otherwise, I really appreciate you letting me know there's some muffling. I must be yelling. You know I don't know when I yell, folks. You know that, right? I don't even know I'm yelling. So there, I'm about uh, three inches away from the mic. Hopefully that's better. But listen, you know, I, listen, you, you can't practice your faith how you choose, because your faith, the faith of Islam says, cut my head and cut my neck off. No, you you can't practice it the way you want because what you want to do is you want to tell me I have to I have to uh, obey Sharia, your law. He goes on to say, practice our faith how we choose to change our faith if we choose to practice no faith at all if we choose and to do so free of persecution and fear and discrimination. Let me tell you, this is the national prayer breakfast that he's at. He's speaking at a prayer breakfast. This brother don't know his audience. It ain't about atheists. It's about people who believe in God. The National Prayer Breakfast. It isn't, it isn't as much of an ecumenical thing. Look up the origin of it. Now, I'll tell you what, while you're at it, 
Look up some of the other speeches that some other presidents have made and lay it side by side next to this one. See what the difference is. Holla at you, boy. Thank you, by the way, to those in chat. You guys are awesome. This is fun watching that. I did figure out finally how to use it. It's sad. There's wisdom in our founders' writing in those documents that helped found this nation that the notion of freedom of religion because they understood the need for humility. They also understood the need – there's that word again. They understood the need to uphold freedom of speech, that there was a connection between freedom of speech and freedom of religion for to infringe on one's right under the – on one right of the pretext of protecting another is a betrayal of both. Let me say this to you. My son Doyle gave me a plaque for, I think, Father's Day or my birthday. The Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Boy, somebody somebody in the chat room is really smart because I'm going to say this at the end. You know, I just said that Obama doesn't know his audience, but he really does know his audience because he knows who he wants to hear this speech aren't the people in the room. It's the Muslims across the the globe, especially the ones here in the United States. He says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Remember what he said about the political wins. He meant it. But let me tell you, you may say, what's the Second Amendment got to do with what he's talking about, freedom of religion and freedom of speech? Folks, without that Second Amendment being full-on strong, Newsflash for you. It don't make a bit of difference. Because none of our other rights will stand. Nothing else we have will stand. Nothing else has legs. Nothing else has permanence. Nothing else has the foundational strength that we need to live in this country. You see those coexist stickers? You know what that says to me? It says, dumb. That means dumb to me. Because the first, the C, what makes up the C and coexist, the first letter, is the, the, the flag of Islam. And it wants to kill all the other faiths that are depicted there, especially the Christians and the Jews. <laughs> Here's this word again. But part of humility is also recognizing in modern, complicated, diverse societies the functioning of these rights the concern for the protection of these rights calls for each of us to exercise civility and restraint and judgment. And if, in fact, we defend the legal right of a person to insult another's religion, we are equally obligated to use our free speech to condemn such insults. Applause, applause, applause. And stand shoulder to shoulder with religious communities, particularly religious minorities who are the targets of such attacks. I don't know, like the Jews? Europe, to a great extent, but to some extent, the United States is becoming more and more anti-Semitic. Why? Barack Hussein Obama. The guy doesn't foster unity. He fosters division everywhere he goes. 
Just because you have, this is what he says, just because you have the right to say something doesn't mean the rest of us shouldn't question those who would insult others in the name of free speech. Because we know that our nations are stronger when the people of all faiths feel that they are welcome, that they too are full and equal members of our countries. Let me say this. Be mad at me all you want. Like I said from the beginning, you don't have to say, you do not have to say that you agree with what I'm saying, but I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't believe, I do not believe Muslims should be in the United States military. I do not believe in any form or fashion, either as active duty military or as uh, civilian contractors. And even I don't believe they belong on military bases at all. I don't believe that Muslims belong in our United States government, yet we have uh, in the top five at Homeland Security, we have a guy who is an avowed Muslim. With direct ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. I don't believe they belong there. I don't believe we, we should have Muslims in the uh, Nuclear Regulatory Commission, water, and local governments. I, they don't shouldn't have a say at all. No influence, no impact. Why? You say, how can you say that, Sean? That's such, that's, you can, I got in a discussion with one of my friends. He's a great writer. He's phenomenal uh, fiction writer. And he said, I can't abide with that. I just, I can't agree with that at all. I know very pleasant, very kind Muslims. They're pleasant and kind. They don't know their own faith. And let me tell you something. Almost everybody, without exception, they said, well, they were very moderate. They said, you know, all the neighbors and stuff around the hijackers, well, they were moderate. Well, they were cool. They come over and to barbecues. I always made sure I didn't have any pork when they were over there because I wanted to respect them. But they were cool. They were very moderate. Those moderate Muslims flew aircraft into the Pentagon, into the ground in Pennsylvania, and into the Twin Towers. And there were other planes that were destined for the White House and other national monuments. So he says, humility, I think, is needed. And the second thing we need is to uphold the distinction between our faith and our governments, between church and between state. The United States is one of the most religious countries in the world, far more religious than most Western developed countries. And one of the reasons is that our founders wisely embraced the separation of church and state to protect the church from the state. Our government does not sponsor religion, nor does it pressure anyone to practice a particular faith or any faith at all. And the result is a culture where people of all backgrounds and beliefs can freely and proudly worship without fear or coercion. So that when you listen to Daryl talk about his faith journey, you know it's real. You know he's not saying it because it helps him advance or because someone told him to. It's from the heart. Let me skip over um, just because we only have four minutes left. Good lands. Goes fast, doesn't it? Humility, a suspicion of government. One of my great friends and contributors to the show. Humility, a suspicion of government of government getting between us and our faiths, or trying to dictate our faiths, or elevate one faith over the other. End. Hussein Obama is easily one of the most arrogant, least humble people I've ever been exposed to. 
Yet he uses this word in a manner which I don't think he knows what humility means. He advises us that we must first start with some humility, not be so confident that we're right, that God speaks only to us, that somehow we're we're the only ones in the possession of truth. Hello? These beliefs are the essence of the definition of faith and of Christianity, specifically of which Hussein Obama, I believe, fraudulently claims to belong. Obama says our founding fathers espoused the notion of freedom of religion because they understood our need for humility. What? What? Let's see what Webster's, Webster's Dictionary, talk about one of the founders. Webster's Dictionary defines humility as a modest or low view of one's own importance. The founding fathers who understood the preeminence of God and the need to worship did not consider protecting that right to be incidental or of low importance, as Obama would apply, imply. We were not basing our country on fundamental Judeo-Christian beliefs that were unimportant to the functioning of our government. Listen, look at Webster's own synonyms for humility. And they're more telling of the goal that Obama has for religion or Christianity, specifically, or Judaism. They are. Here's the synonyms for humility, acquiescence, compliance, deference, passivity, submission. Pick any of those synonyms for humility, and you're going to get an idea of what this president would prefer for the goals of the role of Christianity in the United States and the world to be. Folks, that's what he wants. He wants you to shut up. That's why he wants your guns. That's why the Second Amendment is so important. He wants your guns so you can't fight back. Words are nothing. Words are nothing. It means nothing at all. Except for one group of words, the Holy Bible. That matters. Listen, if you don't want to believe the Bible, that's good. Good for you. I, I, I support your right to not believe. I'm down with that. I'll hang out with you. I'll chill out with you. I won't beat you over the head. At all. And I'll protect your right. Come back and see us next Monday. We're going to have a lot for you. I genuinely appreciate all of you who listen, all of you who follow the show. you got to hit follow. you got to hit subscribe, all those things. Follow me at Twitter, at The Ninja Pastor. Like us on our Facebook page. Click on that little button at the upper right. Go to drshawngreener.com. Download the free messages. Listen here on uh, on uh, Blog Talk Radio, my show page, at The Ninja Pastor. You can listen to past shows. It's free of charge. You can also listen to messages for free here. I care about you. Thank you for joining us. Be back and see us next week. Tell your friends. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. 
and check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.